Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and again, we're going to be talking about the Kingdom of God. Yeah, we had the uh, speech by Biden just recently, but uh, I was going over a show that uh, we put together. It wasn't uh, broadcasted. It's only for podcasting because it was an interview with my son, James, who is able to take a glimpse inside the halls of government, what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, which is to our advantage if we take advantage of it and try to find out what's going on. But the reality is, is to figure out what's going on, we need to take a look at ourselves because uh, we are physical creatures uh, made of flesh, uh, which is, you know, our body is composed of billions and billions of cells. And uh, some of those cells are us and some of those cells are other like bacterias and everything else that lives inside us that are a part of our whole uh makeup. It makes us physically who we are that we see before us. You could dissect us and, uh, and uh, look at us under a microscope and you see all these blood cells running around, red cells, white cells, all kinds of things going on. And somehow or other, our body seems to know what it's doing. I mean, it's it's just an absolute miracle you look at the universe with all the, you know, the events on the sun and chemistry and uh, and on places like uh, supposedly Venus and Mars and all this where whatever is going on on those planets. But here we have this thing we call life where people, animals, plants, uh, bacterium, all are moving around in a physical environment uh, sustaining one another. Because if we don't have all the plants uh, making oxygen and and uh, which are mostly in the ocean, uh, we all die. And that's uh, you know, Ocasio Cortez is worrying about you know we're going to all be dead in a few years if uh, we don't do something about global warming. And yet we see global warming taking place on other planets where there are no SUVs, but supposedly everybody's supposed to park their SUV. Uh, I don't. I don't really have an SUV. I have a couple of pickups that we use for feeding and getting around. I don't do any more traveling than I have to these days. But uh, the reality is, is whatever is taking place in global warming is probably due to the sun or moving through the universe. There's so many factors that nobody can probably put it all together. But there's a narrative coming out of uh, the media and out of politics that uh, somehow we have to do something that will cause more taxation and that will save us from global warming. Uh, it's like when I first realized that there are aurora borealises on other planets uh, and not just on Earth. I, I always remember my uncle when he was reading the school books when he was growing up out on the plains of North Dakota Evidently, and we went over and found the book. He was telling me, no, the aurora is caused by reflection of sunlight off of the snow. And I said, no, it's no, it's caused by heated gases in the upper atmosphere by coronal mass ejections from the sun coming in through the Van Allen radiation belt causing the heating of these upper gases. And he said, no, 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 it's the sun. I, I, I studied it in school. And I remember, and we, like I said, the schoolhouse was across the street from the farmhouse. And, uh, 
He's one of the lucky kids who happened to be in the township directly across from the school. <laughs> he didn't have to go so far. It's a big one-room schoolhouse. And the books were still in there. And so we went through all the books that now belong to my uncle. And we went through the books and uh, we looked up the science books and there it was. It's, it's the Aurora Borealis, the Northern Lights, is caused by sun reflecting off of the snow. <laughs> That's what they taught them in school. And uh, that is not what it is. And... Uh, now, people can argue that it's, you know, somebody, I actually heard the other day that somebody uh, said, why should I listen to Brother Gregory? He thinks the world is round. And uh, I've I've listened to people talk about the flat earth theories and stuff like that. And I, I can see holes in some of their math. Uh, I don't, I didn't take a lot of time. And but my answer has always been, is I put my hands out in kind of a circular motion around my side. And I says, it feels round. And that's as far as I'm going to argue the point one way or the other. Someday, maybe we'll go up there and take a look back at it and find out if it is round. And, uh, you know, I always remember the uh, the fact that uh, somebody did an exercise in law school to try to prove something he knew absolutely wasn't true. And it was that Paul McCartney was dead. You know, a member of the Beatles was dead. And he had all this evidence. And everybody was starting to believe it. And he was shocked. He just did it as a uh, an assignment in school, part of a paper or something. And everybody started believing it. He didn't believe it. But he came up with enough circumstantial evidence that everybody started believing it. And so why is that? Why why do we believe one thing and not believe another? And I, I know a number of people that have the flat earth theory and... I, I'm guessing here, this is what I kind of feel, again, like I feel the earth is round, because uh, I haven't been out there and see it, so I'm just going by what other people say. Magellan thought it was round. Uh, Columbus thought it was round. He thought it was not as big as it is, evidently, but uh, but even um, uh, Brendan the Navigator thought it was round. And, of course, there are guys calculating the circumference of the earth, you know, thousands of years ago and maybe they're wrong maybe it is flat maybe we're floating on a disc and uh, there's a big dome over us and uh, but uh, I look at it at other planets and I see them rotating <laughs> so I don't know uh, we got I mean it would be one of the most fascinating conspiracies if we really were a flat planet but I don't want to argue it one way or the other. But the idea that you don't want to listen to anything I say because I believe the world is round, uh, you got a problem. Uh, you, you're a bigot. You're a mental bigot. And the fact is, that's not, that's not surprising. There's a lot of mental, mental bigots out there. That's why we have so many different opinions where you have scientists all looking at the same facts, same data, and they're coming up with different conclusions. And I heard an interview, I just shared it on the network. If you're on the network, you got it probably in your email. And it's a video. It was made on the Stu Peters show. I think I got the name right. I don't even, I didn't even go look it up to see if I, if that's actually his name, but that's what I recall. And so I just typed it out really quick and sent it off to the network. But I, I did copy and paste the, Link to his show, and he had a nurse on. He doesn't identify her. I, I, I never like that, but I understand why that is. Uh, supposedly he's checked her out, and she's a nurse, and uh, she's uh, blowing the whistle 
on the hospital where she works. Her story is the same story I'm getting from other people that we have, that we actually know that are in our living network. So I thought it was worth sharing because I'm getting this story from numerous places and it's beginning to fit into all the facts and pieces of the puzzle. Is she really a whistleblower? Is this fake news? I I don't think so. That's why I share it. (laughs) But she sees people dying, most of the people dying, they're in the hospital and sick in the hospital uh, are actually the result of the Delta variant or vaccinations or both. And uh, I've seen, I, well, my son just met with a surgeon the other day, not from our county, from another county. And uh, he, he said that all, he told all the people around about him, all the people that are sick in the hospital are the unvaccinated. None of the vaccinated are coming in. Well, that was interesting that he said that, but that is an exceptional hospital because everywhere else I'm getting reports, people that I know, uh, people that uh, know the people that they're getting the reports from are working in hospitals or, uh, you know, maybe even head nurses in major hospitals are saying the reverse. News articles on Bloomberg are coming out and saying 74% of the people that are... Uh, ill are the vaccinated studies from japan which we all link to if you go to uh, preparingyou.com look up the word refuse you'll see a page that we just put up and some of the same data was on a page that we had that i started out calling vaccinated Um, but if i use that term to share it i'll get i'll get censored on google (laughs) so chances are there are not a lot of google people listening to our radio broadcast and our podcast but we go over a lot of these studies, Japanese studies, Oxford studies. They're all coming up with the same thing, evidence that there's pathogenic priming and that the people who are getting the vaccinated are the ones who are getting most sick. You can go to China. China's reporting, you know, like 20 cases against uh, in the same period of time uh, or actually in less of a period of time. We're getting, and there's a billion people in China, uh, we're getting uh, 54 cases uh, in Israel. Uh, same time last year, we got seven cases in Israel. At the height of the pandemic, supposedly, or pretty close to the height of the pandemic, they had seven cases. Uh, I don't know how they're measuring these cases, but now they have 54 cases. And one of the things, of course, in China, this is how you look at data. How was the data collected? Who collected the data? China isn't doing the testing everybody else is testing. Many of the cases that everybody is talking about that is spreading panic is actually just PCR evidence cases. They're not hospitalizations. They're not people with symptoms. It's just some PCR test, which we know is inaccurate. And uh, But they, the interesting thing in this interview with this nurse is that if the PCR tests are positive, everybody thinks it's gospel. It's definitely, it's positive. You know, the earth is round. No, the earth is flat. No, it's positive because the PCR test, and it's this blind faith in the PCR test, which even the inventor says you can't tell uh, with the PCR test. Uh, why are they so blindly believing it? Well, it's it's our desire of faith. We want to believe in something because we look out in the universe, we look out in the world around us, we look, we're looking out into the darkness of the night, 
You know, it's like kids worried about the boogeyman in the closet. We want to believe that we're safe in the boogeyman in the closet. And so we trust in the PCR test. We trust in our medical degree. We trust in the knowledge in our own mind. So it's a matter of faith because we don't know. We think we know. And of course, that's we're thinking creatures. We all think we all think we know. So do we know? Well, one of the ways of finding out whether we know what we know and if it is right is we have the conversation with other people who have a different opinion. Some people find that conversation awkward, uncomfortable, because that conversation often ends in conflict. Because somebody knows this and somebody knows that. Now, how is the conversation of value? Well, when you're willing to try to hear what the other person is saying. Because, see, conversations are by words. What we call conversations are by word. Paul uses the word conversation, but it doesn't necessarily mean by words. It actually means uh, administration of public affairs. But they translated, our conversation is in heaven. (laughs) So, is our conversation in heaven? Uh, Are we uh, talking to somebody in heaven? Uh, and what does that have to do with the administration of public affairs? And what is Paul? He's preaching the gospel. What is he doing administrating public affairs? But that's the Greek word. That's what the Greek word means. So what's that all about? Well, you have to remember that the kingdom of God, which was in the hands of the Pharisees and was taken away from the Pharisees by Jesus Christ and appointed to the apostles, Because that's what it says. I mean, I'm just going by what it says. It may not be what you're being told by your minister. And he may have a doctorate in theology. But the kingdom of God was this actual government. Well, governments need information. They need need procedures on how they do. We don't call them governmental procedures in the church. We call them rituals and ceremonies. Now, you go to a lot of churches... And they have rituals and ceremonies, but they have nothing to do with the administration of public affairs. It has to do with, uh, you know, wearing robes and burning incense or genuflecting and making the sign of the cross. I'm kind of picking on the Catholics because they do a lot of this. Some other churches that do that. But the Protestants, they have their rituals and ceremonies. We're going to sing this song and we're going to, you know, do whatever they do. They have different rituals and ceremonies. You can go into some places and you say, well, I know I'm in a Jehovah Witness hall, a kingdom hall, or I know I'm in a Lutheran church, or I know I'm in a Presbyterian church, or there's a lot of uh, other, or Episcopal, or Pentecostal church, or Charismatic church, uh, because of what they're doing, because of their rituals and ceremonies. But the rituals and ceremonies Paul was talking about was bringing aid to people all over the Roman Empire who were having difficulties because of dearths, depressions, famines, shortages of food, earthquakes, uh, all sorts of things were going on. And Paul's bringing aid. Barnabas is bringing aid. Timothy is bringing aid. He's also talking And having a conversation with people. I mean, that's what his letters are. They're a conversation. They're not necessarily the administration of public affairs, but he's telling you sometimes about the character you're going to need 
in order to take care of one another through love and faith and hope and charity. So they have, so, you know, and, and some of it, I mean, he was really hard on the people in Corinthia, uh, the Corinthians, uh, who weren't even Corinthians, they were people from all over, but they lived in Corinth at that time, so now we're going to label them Corinthians. All the Corinthians were destroyed and devastated and sold off into slavery uh, years before by the Romans, and then the Romans finally, after about 45 years or 50 years, they decided to fund the repopulation of Corinth because it was in a very strategic place, so they were going to repopulate it. But by the time Paul gets there, it's a fairly substantial city, but they're having difficulties. And why did Paul go there? Because there were a lot of Christians there. Why were there a lot of Christians there? Because there were a lot of people from Rome and and what have you. Why were they turning into Christians. Well, by the time Paul got there, it wasn't just Jews who were following Jesus and now going to be called Christians in Antioch, but there were Romans and uh, Greeks and uh, probably some survivors of the Corinthian Holocaust, which is when Rome killed all the men and sold all the women and children into slavery, which had become a lucrative thing because the way in which Rome had changed the way they do things in their army. They used to have an army that was solely a militia and they changed it into something else. So anyway, the, what did they change in? Well, we've talked about it in some of the other audios. There's just... There's hundreds of audios on that we go through a lot of these points of history. But we're going through these points of history to help you connect the dots so that you get a clearer picture of the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God. That's why we're going into these history things. Now, what does this have to do with what I was talking about at the beginning of the show which is your body made of all these cells. <laughs> so, I'm communicating with you with words. I can also communicate to you with actions. If I uh, am I part of the public administration of the kingdom of God, have you sat down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands like Christ commanded, uh, and most churches don't do, and have you started taking care of the social welfare of the people, which is what religion is. Religion is how you take care of the needy of your society. It comes from a Greek word, threskia, which is about what you do. It's not about what you think. If you go to Google, they'll tell you it's what you think about a supreme being. But the word religion that we see in the Bible is from threskia, which is a specific Greek word about what you do. And what Paul was doing was taking care of the public administration of the kingdom of God by bringing foreign aid, because it was foreign because it was coming from you know Jerusalem or coming from Galatia to Corinth, but it was domestic aid because it was coming to people that were in the kingdom of God, appointed to the apostles by Christ because he had just taken it away from the Pharisees because they were in apostasy. Why were they in apostasy? Well, numerous reasons they were in apostasy. One, at least, was the Corbin of the Pharisees was making the word of God to none effect. Uh, because they were saying, Lord, Lord, but they were not doing the will of the Father. They said they had Moses, but they didn't do what Moses said. 
Now we have modern Christians who have a Corbin like the Corbin of the Pharisees. If you don't know why I said that, you can go to preparingyou.com or you can go to hisholychurch.org, use the search engines and look up the word Corbin. Now there's a lot of people who will tell you what Corbin is, but we know that Jesus said that Corbin of the Pharisees making the word of God to none effect was calling, causing young people to do no more ought for their elderly parents. They weren't going to do something for... What, what would they do for their parents? Well, they'd take care of them. They're old. And, and they, you know, that you know, if they were 50 years old, they were old. Uh, normally, Levites retire at 55, according to the Bible. So, your parents should be able to somewhat retire at 55. Very few hard-working people want to just quit altogether. And it's really bad for their health. But their kids will start taking over the care of their parents when they reach about 55. So that when they're 73, like me, <laughs> they don't have to work so hard. But uh, I don't mind working. I like working. And being on this show today is work. Uh, before I, I've been up since 5 this morning. I got up kind of late because I stayed up kind of late. Uh, but uh, I, I was going over Nahum, which we're going to start studying Nahum. And I, I'm going to introduce Nahum during this show. And it, it's probably going to take several shows, maybe three weeks, to get all the way through Nahum because he was a prophet of vision, which we'll see them telling you. And he was talking about the people having a burden, using a particular word for burden. And we'll look at that word. We'll look at it in the original Hebrew so that we can... See, in our, in our imagination, we can't draw a more accurate picture of what's going on. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna correlate that with what's going on in the world today so that it's relative to you, to your children, to your grandchildren, to your neighbors, so that you understand that Nahum was talking about problems that all the prophets were talking about. If you go into commentaries about Nahum, they will, they will tell you that some of the things that you read about in Nahum are also found in, in all kinds of other books of the Bible. What we call, you know, the different books of the, or chapters of the Bible. Sometimes they, people call them chapters, but there's usually chap, these books are usually divided up into chapters. But they're written by different people. But they're trying to tell us something. Something about the nature of God. And and Christ says, if you look out into nature, it will tell you something about the nature of God. And knowing something about the nature of God may help you develop a relationship with God. Whatever God is. Which is another part of a conversation we'll have. We'll be right back. So, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So, just as the kingdom of God is composed of all kinds of people, your body is uh, composed of all kinds of cells. Each of those cells has a life of its own. But some of the cells are like bound together and they form a liver or they bind together and form a, a, a lung. And, and your lung is like a community of cells. There's all kinds of different cells in your lungs. Some of them are very elastic. Some of them are very good at... Uh, capturing oxygen and and uh, releasing carbon dioxide and other toxins through your 
you know, carbon dioxide is an absolute essential. This is an interesting point to make. I just referred to carbon dioxide as a toxin. Plants don't think carbon dioxide is a toxin. <laughs> Plants think carbon dioxide is good. Plants will take in carbon dioxide. Most people don't know it, but plants also breathe out carbon dioxide at night. When they're not, they don't have any sunlight, they will actually release carbon dioxide. That's why you should never sleep on the floor of a greenhouse at night. <laughs> because the, the carbon dioxide is heavier than oxygen, so you may actually, you know, in a, in a really big concentrated greenhouse with certain types of plants, like a tomato greenhouse, where you have you know, tomatoes strung up in a straight line all in your greenhouse. And they're very thick and they got lots of light, so they're very active during the day. But then now it's dark at night. Your carbon, if you put your carbon dioxide detector down on the floor, it could go off with the amount of carbon dioxide that could settle in that greenhouse during the night. That's being let off by the plants that need the carbon dioxide during the day when sunlight is shining on it to go through its chemical processes of growth in life. But uh, a plant does it, a plant has to, it, it's doing something more than just chemical reactions. There's electrical reactions. Plants have an electrical, they actually generate an electrical field. Every cell in your body generates an electric field. It's very minute and very small, but it's an electrical field. And uh, so all this stuff is going on in your body. And like I said, in your lungs, you have elastic uh, cells and you have that, uh, you know, expand and contract because your lungs have to be very flexible so that you can suck in that air and breathe out that air. When you suck in, suck in that air, you're breathing in mostly nitrogen, which you have little or no use for. Your body isn't metabolizing it. But you're also breathing in oxygen. Hopefully, if you're in a place with high oxygen content. <laughs> and that goes in and is exchanged with your cells. And then it takes those little molecules of uh, uh, and atoms of oxygen around and distributes it throughout your body. Because your cells down in your toes need that oxygen. And, and so it's going to take all that air down there, that oxygen down there. And also those cells, they're expelling carbon in the form of carbon dioxide and uh that's going through your blood and will be released in your in your lungs every time you take a breath you're breathing in oxygen then you're breathing out carbon dioxide well obviously all the oxygen you breathe breathe in is not exchanged with carbon dioxide but enough so that you just keep breathing and eventually all that carbon those carbohydrates that you ate well, most of them will go out through your breath. You will actually release them. And, of course, if you're all doing that, you're causing global warming. So we brought back global warming. <laughs> so you're all putting carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. And uh, and other gases as well. And uh, that's, that's a, just a magical, almost, process of the body, which is mostly chemical. You know, it's chemical reactions. Releasing oxygen. How does how do your cells know to release that carbon dioxide in your lungs to pass through membranes and go out to your lungs out into the air? 
It's just amazing, just overwhelming. But you've got billions of lung cells all working on this all the time. They get damaged. You know, I had a rib uh, kind of bruise uh, of my lungs once, and that caused damage. And my body immediately began to fix it. I got got a large cut on my hand this uh, last week uh, when I was dagging sheep, and uh, took a fall because a sheep cooked my feet out from underneath me. <laughs> I went sailing, fell on another guy, and we all ended up on the in a pile up on the ground because the sheep kicked my foot out. Um, but I ended up cutting about two and a half inches of skin off the back of my hand so it would like you could probably lift it up and flap because it was with a, a shears it, it's all healed up I put a bandage on it uh, while I was finishing dagging sheep <laughs> mostly to keep the skin flapped down so it would heal up again and it did that was good because otherwise it would have been a, probably uh, three four square inches of skin off the back of my hand would have taken longer to heal up, but it's it's pretty much you can kind of see it, uh, barely a scab on it. I don't know. Yeah, there's a little bit of a scab up on the edge where the skin shrank up a little bit. But my body's doing all that by itself. I'm not doing it. You know, I'm not sitting there having to stitch it up or anything. It's just healing itself. That's a miracle. Well, Paul equates. The body of Christ with the human body. That, you know, that some of us are like the mouthpiece of the body. And some of us are like the blood cells of the body. And some of although he didn't use that particular word, but, you know, the arms and hands and feet of the body. And, and so we all play some sort of a part in this body. And that's kind of going back to what Jesus said, where you look out into nature and you see evidence of the kingdom of God. What was the kingdom of God before we had that evidence? You know, when there was darkness on the deep and God was back in Genesis and whatever this God guy is, uh, you know, Jehovah, Yahweh, uh, the Lord, all these things. And we'll look at that word a little bit. You know, the Yadevahi, a word that is supposed to be the name of God that we're not supposed to say. And uh, that, you know, we're supposed to be blasphemous to even mention the name. And why is that? I mean, does that does that really affect God if we say Yahweh or Jehovah? No, God is. You know, if you look in the movies, who who played God in the movies? Uh, Morgan Freeman played God. Uh, George Burns played God, uh, which are an odd combination right there. But then uh, Charlton Heston played God. Uh, I don't know who all the different guys who played God in movies. But I can guarantee you none of them are really like God. <laughs> and uh, somebody had a name for God. Uh, uh, was it unity or the force or, you know, what have you. Uh, the, I, I've actually used the word singularity because God is in everything. Everything exists because of God. And this is really important to understand, to understand where Nahum is going to take you. Is that God is in everything. It's... It, it, the character of God, the image of God, is built into his creation. You're made in the image of God. But the fact is, all creation is made in the image of God. Because 
he imparted his character into the creation itself. And this is going to be absolutely essential to understand and comprehend in order to understand and comprehend just verse 2, much less verse 1 of Nahum. And you're not going to be able to do that because I talk about it. Because I'm talking with a finite language about an infinite subject, which is this force that creates this pattern in the universe that allows two cells to come together in the womb of a woman and turn into a human being. You know, those two cells come together with a little DNA from both people and they procreate another individual. That's amazing. That, that, that's miraculous. That, those two cells, they start dividing and they become, you know, eventually they become skin cells and liver cells and heart cells and lung cells and not just one kind of lung cell, but all kinds of lung cells, T cells, T1, T11 cells. Um, you know, what on earth? How in the world did that do that all from this little genetic code? Was it all just a chemical reaction in a genetic code? Are there other factors to the existence of the human body? Well, like I said, all your cells generate an electrical field. Uh, they communicate with each other through an electrical field. It's not the only way they communicate. They communicate a number of different ways. Your cells are having a conversation right now in your body. Lung cells talking to the lung cell next to them. They're they're sharing information between each other. Well, some lung cells are way on the other side of the lungs and you've got this air gap between you and that. So how do they communicate? Is it all the way around? Well, yes, but not only that. Because they will produce exosomes, mRNA bubbles. Little bubbles of genetic code. At least RNA code. Ribonucleic acid, we call it. And uh, they send out these codes and it carries little messages that the other cells know how to receive. I don't know, did they go to school or something to learn all this? <laughs> you can't remember, they started with two cells. How did they figure all this out? With two cells that become one cell. No more twain, but one flesh. And they just start dividing and dividing and dividing. And before you know it, they... There's a baby. Oh my gosh. Where did he come from? Those two cells. That's miraculous. If you can go to the moon, you won't see that miraculous. Uh, actually, you might, might see some miraculous stuff on the moon. I don't know. I haven't been to the moon. <laughs> anyway, this is, this is an image of God's creation. Your bodies, what is, what is there, seven billion, almost eight billion people on the face of the earth? And and some people want to get rid of, you know, six billion of those. They want they actually there are some guys who talk about we need to get it down to about five hundred million people, no more than that. And, and there's more people living on the earth, they say, than there's ever lived on the earth. And some people want to reduce that because that's bad that we have all these people here. The devil thinks you should reduce that number because the devil wants dominion over the earth. But, I mean, devil doesn't really exist, right? I mean, there isn't any real devil out there, is there? 
Uh, I mean, you, you never seen him walking around, did you? So, what is the devil anyway? Well, the devil was supposedly, according to the Bible, is this was this angel. Well, what's an angel? It's a messenger. That's what the word often means. It depends on what word you're translating the word angel from, but it's a messenger. Well, exosomes are messengers. Uh, if if the double helix DNA in your cells is actually working like an antenna, many scientists think it is, antennas can both receive and send out messages. So our cells having conversation with each other by sending and receiving messages. How extensive is this? I don't know. It's it's all a little bit baffling and miraculous. Can you send cell uh, messages to other people? Well, I can talk to you, and I can certainly send you a message that way. Uh, you know, I can write down a message. A lot of primitive societies were just absolutely amazed. You wrote something. You scratched up on this piece of bark. I carry it to the settlement. I give it to them. They look at it and they know what you're thinking. Or they know what you wrote on the paper and they translate it into what they think you're thinking. Well, of course, all the uh, authors of the Bible wrote stuff down on pieces of paper and they sent it to us and we have it now in the form of the Bible after a couple of guys translated it. And they're giving us a message. Nahum is sending us a message. He's counted as a prophet. But are we interpreting his message correctly? Do we have anything else to help us interpret that message correctly? Do your cells in your body have any way to help the other cells in your body interpret the messages? You know, like, can you see one lung cell talking to another cell? Uh... I just got this mRNA message from a T1 cell there over on the other side of my uh, of, of this lung community we have, and it says we're not supposed to replicate this exosome that we thought was coming from the body. Okay, that's the message you got. You know that I'm playing with the, what they believe goes on. They believe that exosomes can carry messages to other cells. And and the Wuhan lab was trying to figure out some way of getting exosomes, which uh, some exosomes are called viruses. But again, what I was talking about, the carbon dioxide that you're breathing out, you're breathing it out because it's toxic. You have to get rid of it. You have to get it out of your system. But the plant in your greenhouse says, yum, carbon dioxide. I love carbon dioxide. To, to the plant in the greenhouse, he doesn't think it's toxic. He thinks it's great. And, of course, now we have all kinds of things we call toxic these days. Toxic masculinity. <laughs> you know, some, some guy's very, uh, you know, he, he's willing to jump in and, and, uh, contend with the enemy. And, uh, of course, now somebody, you know, you think your boyfriend is, He's got this toxic masculinity. He's always watching the the fights and he watches uh, violent shows on TV, you know, with shoot 'em up and everything like that. And that that's just toxic masculinity. Well, it may be toxic, but if a guy breaks in and wants to rape you and murder you and torture you to death 
and he jumps in and stops them, suddenly that toxic masculinity is a virtue. <laughs> suddenly, oh, my boyfriend just beat him up and threw him out the window. <laughs> so, well, what threw him out the window was that toxic masculinity you've been complaining about. It wasn't toxic when it was saving you. It was only toxic when you wanted to watch, you know, uh, Jane Eyre, and he wanted to watch uh, Die Hard. <laughs> so, you know, it's all point of view, point of view. But okay, let's go back to the cell. Cell can send out an mRNA message to other cells, and they can take it in, and then they know what's going on and what's happening. And, and that goes on, you know, if you get a bruised lung. Uh, I've had bruised lungs numerous times. I have led a very active life. And sometimes it was a horse, and sometimes it was a cow, and sometimes it was a combination of a horse and a cow <laughs> and a goat. And I ended up with a bruised lung. But my body fixed it. I didn't have to do anything. Send out messages. Oh, we got, you know, we got a bruised lung here. We got to get, get rid of all the damaged tissue and got rid of it. Use external bacteria probably to break it down and get rid of all the leftover dead bodies of cells that died. And uh goes on in you. Well, now let's take a look at the world. If if you have something that damages in your society, hurricane, tornado, how do you fix it? How do you get things back together again? You go to a, you know, I've been in hurricanes and uh seen the dev devastating damage. And, you know, I mean, the sky's not even clear yet, and guys are up on the roof <laughs> fixing stuff and cleaning up debris. Um, you know, they're, they're the first one up there on top of the roof uh, because of that toxic masculinity. They're going to jump into action, and they're going to fix it. You know, the, the roof has been damaged, and we're going to fix it so we don't have a leak and do more damage. Now, some guys aren't going to get up on the roof. They're going to go and just watch news reports. Well, hopefully your cells are very industrious and they're going to go do that. How do they know to do that? What makes one guy heal so fast and another guy not heal? Didn't he get the message? Well, you're not just chemical. You're also electrical. I'm a big fan of what do they call themselves? Thunderbolt, electronic universe, electrical universe. Uh, you can look them up. Uh, they have a whole new way of looking at physics. It's, it's really not a whole new way, but they add more to the equation and they come up with very good predictable answers because they realize that even these planets out there are involved in an electrical universe. That electricity is a huge part of the communication between planets even. Between the sun and planets. Which takes us back to what I mentioned earlier. See, everything I mentioned has something to do with what the whole message is. You have an aurora borealis on Saturn. You can go to preparing you and probably look up Saturn and you'll find a picture of Saturn and it shows the aurora. Jupiter. They have auroras. Because the sun hits them with energy, with uh, huge amounts of energy, billions of tons of energy. Can you can you weigh energy? <laughs> well, there's different states of matter. One state of matter is what we call plasma. 
And that's extremely high-energized matter. Okay, when Jesus was touched by the woman, she was healed. And he knew she was healed because he felt the virtue go out of him. Something went out of him. She didn't touch him. She just touched the hem of his garment. But the virtue went out of him and evidently into her and healed her. Well, that was an exosomes. <laughs> so, there was some sort of communication between her and him that allowed her to be healed. So, let's go back to the body of Christ. The body of Christ, can we heal one another? I mean, when you got a skinned knee when you were little, did your mommy, I don't know who your mommy was, uh, did she kiss it and make it better? You know, you ever hear that where some kid says, kiss it mommy and make it better or and I don't know where he got the idea originally maybe she did that let me kiss it and I'll make it better and uh, but the caring now is there more communication than just the lips touching his knee and kissing it and making it better well there was the words she said it in that voice he's heard since he first heard voices he heard it when he was in the womb so that's communicating the touch, that's communicating, feels good. Why does it, why does, if daddy kisses it, does it feel as good as when mommy kisses it? <laughs> I don't know. Does daddy have a mustache? But the reality is, there's, we're communicating in a variety of ways. Is, is there actually an energy that your mom can put into your knee that will draw healing to your knee, to will awaken the cells in your knee that are going to start repairing the damage to the tissue. Is that electrical? I mean, when we talk electrical, we're talking all kinds of different frequencies. There's an electromagnetic spectrum. It's not all like, you know, should I take these two wires, plug them into the plug socket and touch it to my knee and the electricity? Well, no, that will probably not heal your knee. That would be a bad. Too much energy. Uh, so, where does spirit come into all this? Is spirit electrical? Well, let's go back to Genesis. I said, let's go back to Genesis before. When there was darkness upon the deep, and the world was without form, and God spoke. How did God speak? There's no air. You can't... If there's no air... You speak, you're not going to hear anything. You're not going to hear my voice. If there's no air between me and you, you're not going to hear my voice. So when God speaks, it isn't necessarily like us speaking. When we speak, there's some similarity in how we speak and how God speaks. But God is spiritual. But then I made an image of God, so when I speak, it's, it could be like, I could be giving you a message from God. But maybe I'm getting my message from somebody else. And it's not from God. And even if it is from God, are you hearing it? Because your ears are hearing the noise that I'm making. And it's going out over the air. And you say, oh, he said this word and this word and this word and this word. And I put them all together. It makes a sentence. And I'm going to interpret that sentence you may not be getting what I'm saying. So that's why you want to connect 
in other ways, other than just verbal communication or written communication, we have a thing, an aspirant document, which I think I pretty much finished. I've gone over it numerous times. What I do is I go over it uh, one time, then I go over it another time uh, later on and look at it again and pray about it. And what it is is people who want to come on here and work, I'm going to ask them to fill that out. And it, you know, I'll have it in writing because people forget what they say. But if they have it in writing, I can bring it back and say, well, you wrote this. What did you really mean if you didn't mean what it looks like you meant? But we'll talk more about that when we come back to Keys of the Kingdom. <coughs> so welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So let's, before we begin, we're going to look at the beginning. We're going to look at the Genesis 1 and see what it says there. Because getting that insight that they're trying to impart to you with this word story that they wrote down and sent to the next generation and next generation and next generation is they're trying to help you understand the face of God. Because there was darkness upon the face of the deep and then God spoke and uh, and moved, vibrated the face of the water. So God is this spiritual creature that is a creator of the heavens and earth. This singularity, this this force and power. But it's spiritual. Now that spiritual came first and formed the physical. We've been talking about cells in your body that are chemical and electrical uh, seem to be making choices of some sort. Now, we we like to think that we're just chemical reactions. You know, you put this chemical in the test tube, and you put this chemical in the test tube, um, and this reaction will happen. And that that we we can you know it's kind of the witchcraft <laughs> you know the witch witches were putting eye of newt and and all these different ingredients into the cauldron and stirring it up and going to try to produce a a reaction but what was the influence of those witches upon what they were mixing and what was the purpose and what was the character that they were trying to create and of course witchcraft's supposed to be bad but uh, is it witchcraft to make a vaccine? Is it witchcraft to make a uh, food additive like quarantine, uh, quarantine, quarantine, Q-U-E-R-T, is it I-N-E, and zinc, and vitamin C, and vitamin D. Some people say that's a real helper to prevent COVID, or viruses, or foods, or whatever. Is it? Uh, you know, some people say that there, uh, there is no such thing as viruses. They don't exist. Well, that's kind of like saying carbon dioxide doesn't exist. Carbon dioxide does exist. Uh, you know, originally, if you go to Preparing You, I wrote a paper on exosomes. Uh, we've seen exosomes. We see these bubbles of mRNA, and they seem to have form. And they seem to follow certain basic patterns, but they're not all the same because the mRNA in them is different. They're just discovering these things and trying to figure out what it is, and there's a lot of conjecture. 
personally, I think Dr. Malone has a very good perspective on it. And I have some, if you go to our refuse page, which tells you people have been coming to me and say, well, we want to fill out a religious exemption uh, because we don't want to take the vaccination. We don't want to lose our job. Well, go to the refuse page and see what we have to say about that. We also link to some other people. I think Valari, which is Catherine Austin Fitz. I've known her for a long time. I mean, I don't talk to her all the time, but... Uh, She's been around for a long time, and I have communicated with her, but she probably doesn't even remember me. And uh, she has a lot of very interesting ideas, and they have something up that you can use. Somebody else uh, sent me something uh, from a guy who I've known for years and years and years and fought the battles with uh, out there uh, in the state capitol years ago. And uh, he said, it, by way of him, I saw a document, and I thought it was from... The employment, uh, equal opportunity, uh, what is it, EEOC, I think that's what it is. But anyway, whatever that stands for. Uh, and I thought it was one of their documents and I went and looked it up and tried to find a copy of it online because I had the copy there. And I was doing all kinds of searches in di- different ways and then I discovered he made it up and put their seal on it, <laughs> their logo on it. Uh, I don't recommend that, but anyway, it was for an exemption letter. It was fairly well written for a religious exemption letter. It was a little bit more information than you really need. Uh, they may ask you all kinds of questions, but if you go to our refuse page, they have to let you refuse. And you could probably sue them if they fire you and get all your back pay eventually if you win the lawsuit may take a long time to win the lawsuit, but if you all got together, which, of course, is what Christ commanded that you do, you'd already have a network in place, and making a class action suit would take like a day, and you'd have lawyers knocking on their door, but you, the only get-together you guys do is to go to the game. Uh, you don't do what Christ said. Or you might go to church and sing some songs, but... Uh, I've seen, you know, churches telling you you should get this vaccination. Yet, if you go to that refuse page down there at the links, which I've shared with our network several times, shows you study after study after study that there's a problem. I just shared a video today of a nurse, which is the same story we're getting from other nurses and doctors. Now, it's really interesting. We only have one hospital in our county, and there's numerous doctors there. Right now, they're kind of divided half and half. Some of them don't want to have anything to do with the vaccine, don't want their nurses to get the vaccine, and others want to make people, even hold people down and give them the vaccine. They don't want to hold them down. They'll get somebody else to do it. But force people to get it. So, And they're about half and half. So we know what half we want to get rid of. <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> but the, the point is, is there's something wrong here. You're getting all these cases and they want you to think that they're not, uh, that your message RNA coming from CNN <laughs> or MNSBC or whatever it is, CBS, uh, they're telling you that the problem is the unvaccinated. Uh, but the actual science reports that I'm looking at are saying the other. Now I have seen a science report and I, I mentioned it, uh, that says that most of the cases that they're seeing based on PCR tests and PCR tests you don't even take. The people take them themselves, put it in a swab, put it in the refrigerator and send it 
to the, uh, uh, or they don't even send it to the lab. Somebody comes by and picks it up. And those samples are showing higher numbers of infection amongst the unvaccinated. But they don't tell you unless you read the study in the news. They just tell you that and everybody, and then surgeons go out and quote it to everybody at a funeral that everybody who's getting this is unvaccinated. But that's not, that study is false. And, but it's, they didn't lie. The study didn't lie. The study said we're going to do the unvaccinated at 37 cycles and the vaccinated at 27. So you're going to get more higher number. It's not that they're sick. It's that the PCR test. So I've mentioned this before, but you see, by uh, leaving out some information, you can get an absolutely wrong impression of what's going on. I use that as an example now when we're looking at the Bible. We cannot leave stuff out. It all has to fit. If you look at the body as simply chemical reactions, mechanical chemical reactions, you're missing it. You're not seeing the body. If you add in electrical impulses, because cells are communicating electrically, then that adds to it. Uh, if you, now this gets into chemistry hormones, and uh, we've gone over this a lot of times where the body is secreting certain adrenalines, chemicals. I mean, your muscles, when you close your hand, when you lift a weight, muscles are responding to chemicals released in the muscle to tense up. That's what's making it tense up. You run a marathon. I've run marathons. You know, 10 miles, 20 miles. And uh, the lactic acid that builds up in your system has to be washed out. How is how is your body knowing how to do that? It's just a miracle. Just a miracle. The complexity of it all. So, you have chemical, you have the mechanical body, circulation, the mechanical body, the structure, the bones, uh, the muscles levering against this and levering against that. We're going to talk about those levers when we look at Nahum because they use a word, very, uh, and letters in that word actually have to do with leverage, the gimel. I just added to our definition of gimel. We have a short little definition so you understand that word. You know, they, they equated it with the throwing stick. They equate it with cause and effect. Well, why a throwing stick? If you throw a spear with a throwing stick, the spear goes much faster. You throw it with your hand, same spear, you throw it with your hand, it doesn't go as fast. Because there's leverage. You're altering the cause and effect. You threw it with your hand, it went so fast. You threw it with the throwing stick, it went faster and farther. It's the same arm throwing it. But it had a greater effect. Because of the gimel. Because that's the nature of the letter gimel. It's telling you that that's part of the universe. Okay, let's go to Genesis. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. And the earth was without form. Didn't have all that structure. Didn't have all that chemicals and circulation and and uh, bones and muscle and sinew. 
It was without form and void. Now we could, we could spend an hour studying each of those words, form and void, but we're going to go to the next word. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. So then we have to look at deep and we have to look at face and, but let's look at darkness. What is darkness? Absence of light. What is God? Light. What is God? Love. It's the absence of love. It's absent the character of God. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Was that the waters of the deep? Is the deep mean waters? Is it the same word in both places? Uh, and they just translate it different? What, what are they talking about? Well, they're talking about a lot of things. But uh, the deep, that's uh, 8415 in the Hebrew. And water is 4325 in the Hebrew. It's strong numbers. So what, what what do those words mean? They're not meaning the same thing. And, and, and what is the word God there? You know, whenever you see capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that's Yahweh. Yadevahi. But if you see the word God, it's often Elohim. So, aren't they the same? No, Elohim is Elef, which is the double Yad and Avav. And Lamad, which has to do with the hand. Elef has to do with the relationship of God and man. And what does Elohim end with? Mem. has a hay in the middle, which is an emphasis, and another Yad, which is the divine spark, which we had two of already in the Elef, and then the M on the end. So, it, it has to do with this divine spark and the relationship of man and God and the emphasis of those two and what they create like the throwing stick emphasizes the spirit, makes it go faster and what is going it's the flow of God in you. It's the flow of God in the universe. That's what Elohim is about. That's what we call it, we translate it God. But same word would be there are God's many. Uh, small g God, which is not the God, but some other lesser God, something less than God. That's often the same word. But anyway, this darkness upon the deep, it was without form, and somehow the Spirit gave it form. The Spirit moved in it, created a vibration, a frequency, just like your larynx is moving when you talk, and it's producing words. Well, God actually produced all those elements of the universe. That, and there are more elements than we know. What have we got? 90 some elements. But there are more elements than that. But uh, what are they all doing? Vibrating. Okay. Those elements now. You know. Oxygen. Carbon. Carbon dioxide. Which is. You know. Uh, it's carbon and two oxides. <laughs> so. Uh, the. These uh, atoms and coming together, making molecules and molecules coming to make, you know, chemicals uh, that we are recognizing chemicals that will be catalysts and enzymes and all these things. Suddenly you have a cell with all these like, like tiny, tiny little epigenetics and double helixes and everything in this cell. And it's giving off an electrical charge. 
and it's receiving electric it's it's feeling electrical charges where's the spiritual charge and there's actually more to it all but we'll just take those thing things those three things where you have electrical you have you know physical the atomic structure that forms all these molecules but we still have this spiritual thing you take the spirit out you're dead your 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 body's going to fall down and it's not going to work anymore and and the the light is going to go out and there's going to be darkness in your deep you're dead so why do i mention all this because what a lot of people do that same that same letter gimel also is connected to the word pride pride does not go before the fall see cause and effect there can be Depending on the cause, the effect is going to be different. If you separate out the bones from the body, the body dies. If you separate out all the muscle from the body, the body dies. If you separate out all the water and liquids in the body, the body dies. If you separate all the electrical or interrupt the electrical with like 6,000 volts of electricity, you know, with both, you know, the watts and amps and volts, that whole combination, you die. <laughs> so, <laughs> you take the spirit out, you die. What's the most important? It's the spirit. We have to be careful that we do not divide these elements of our body or we will end up dead, desolate. The same is true with the body of Christ. Christ did not come to save the body of Christ. Christ came to save the whole world. And he didn't, he didn't, he came to save Caesar as much as he came to save Peter. He came to save Caiaphas as much as he came to save Annas. But Annas divided himself off from God. I think Annas and Ananias are one and the same. I'm deducing that. And I have a little kind of inkling of it in the spirit. But I can't prove it, so I'm... And I can't prove a lot of things. I mean, I I, I can prove to me that I think. I can't prove to anybody else that I think. <laughs> but <laughs> the the reality is, is that we are dividing our, that we have conflict in ourselves. You know, I, I equate, you know, people who have trauma in their body. I mean, somebody was talking about trauma the other night. I mentioned, you know, like you break a leg or you get a gash or wound or something and how you, how you deal with it. And they said, well, that's trauma and that's different than disease. But, uh, and that they don't, they didn't believe in germ theory. I don't really believe in germ theory as it, it's presented. I believe there are germs, but I believe that people can become infected because there's something not right in their body to begin with, which goes over to DeCamp's environment is more important than the germ. Because some people can get exposed to the germ and not get sick, but other people get exposed to the germ and they do get sick. Because some people are susceptible to infection. They can be infected. You know, what was the old kung fu shows? 
where the Indians went to shoot arrows at Kung Fu and he grabbed them all, <laughs> knocked them out of the way or grabbed them, and then walked up and handed one of the arrows back to the Indians. <laughs> Suddenly they had a great deal of respect for him because their arrows couldn't hurt him. I mean, they could have... The, they shot him when he wasn't looking and couldn't hear and all these other things. But uh, the reality is some of us are vulnerable and some of us are not because the theory of environment that DeCamp uh, produced is true. But the theory of the existence of germs is true too. They're, they exist. And you can be infected with them if things in your environment are not right. But if you have the full armor of God, you're probably safe. But how do you end up with not the full armor of God? Or how do you end up with just a chink in your armor? Because that chink in your armor is your Achilles heel. And you could be poisoned. Well, that's what's happening. Why the, the eight doctors are arguing. Sometimes the screaming matches in the middle of the hallways in the hospital. <laughs> or, or vaccine or no vaccine. <laughs> I am thrilled that the debate is going on because many hospitals, there is no debate. If you speak up, you've just lost your job. If you speak up on Facebook, you've lost that, which is why I tell everybody to get into the network. Now, I sent out to everybody that's on the email network. And if you don't have email, you get to know somebody, you know, give us a call and we'll get you to know somebody that has email and they'll call you when there's something important to know. <laughs> Because there's different ways to communicate in the body of Christ, just like there's different ways to communicate in your cells. We talked about electrical communication, sending messages, mRNA, from one to the other. Actually sending messages to cells, touching cells, touching cells. But all cells don't touch each other. Blood cells are moving around all the time. So, we have lots of different ways of communicating. The study of twins and uh, telepathy is just astounding. Like, what is that? Now, we can't put it under a test tube, so it's all based on correlation. You know, this twin over here and this twin over here were completely divided, and they were coming up with the same reactions, names for their kids. You know, twins raised completely apart, taken apart at birth. They're naming everybody in their family, you know, uh, the same names. One didn't have any sons, but he named his dog Ralph, and the other one had a son, and he named his son Ralph. <laughs> like, what is that? Or like the girl who was given away at birth in a small town in New York State. Later on, her, her mother and her father married you're given away because it was a high school pregnancy. They go all the way. I've told this story before. I just find it so fascinating. They go away. They have their jobs. She has her own business. And she has lots of employees in her business and everything. And she's going to turn her business over to one of her employees that has been working for her that she really likes and all this stuff. And she goes to look back at her resume. And she notices that the girl was born on the same day as her daughter. She never was able to find her daughter. She looked and looked for her daughter. They never were able to have children of their own after that first pregnancy. And she had given away their child. Because, you know, they were in high school. They didn't want to do it, but the parents talked them into it. Now we're almost 30 years later... 
She wants to give her business to this in a city of 8 million people. And her daughter's working for her and doesn't even know it. <laughs> and she wants to give her daughter her business. Just a coincidence. Just a coincidence. This is the result of chemical reactions in the universe. <laughs> it must have been hormones. No. No. Spirit. Spirit giveth life. And it drew them together. Because they were really good people. And they did a lot of sacrificing. But you know what? They were in the system. They were a part of the world. Don't create bubbles. When you look out into the universe, love the entire universe. When you create bubbles, you do what trauma does. You see, yeah, you, you get in a car accident, you break your legs, you get a gash. That's trauma. What about the spiritual trauma? Every time you cut yourself off from the character of God by acting contrary to the character of God and don't admit it, get in denial about that, you cut yourself off from God. You cut yourself off from the Spirit, from the singularity, from the Yadevahe, the existing one, whose character is in all things. You cut yourself off from that character and you should be a conduit to that character through the Eleph. The yacht of God and the yacht of man connected. But you, you break the connection. That's trauma. Spiritual trauma. You broke the bone. You, you sliced the muscle of your spirit. That's why I talk about things like spiritual DNA. Because before there was DNA, there was spiritual DNA. And if you cut yourself off from the spiritual DNA, you're going to dwell in darkness. Part of you is going to dwell in darkness. You're going to start what you think is going to be fake good news. You're not going to see the truth. You have to walk in the Spirit. How do you walk in the Spirit? Well, you can't make it happen. God, later on in Genesis, we see God breathing into this clay. This Adama clay. We see Jesus breathing into the apostles. I was saying last night, I, I cannot fathom that he didn't also breathe exosomes into the apostles. Because we're breathing them out all the time. But he also said, receive the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit is not an exosome. It's not moisture that comes out of your... It's not even electrical energy. It's spirit. It's before electrical energy. Now, electrical energy may emulate the spirit. And your physical body may be a reflection of your spirit. But the spirit predates all that. Nahum is the book of the vision. What kind of vision? Imagination? Or spiritual vision. Did Nahum begin to see things in the spirit and try to tell you about them in words? Can we look at those words and figure out what he was saying? Can we do it without the spirit? And do we have any trauma blocking the spirit? We'll be back. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. Now, 
on the message I sent out to the whole network, uh, I've included, I sent out three in the last day or so. Hopefully I'll send out more and more. But I included in it a, a audio, uh, more than an hour long audio that I did with an interview with my son James Williams. And we go into, this was actually made back in the early part of August, but it, goes into everything that you probably not everything but a great deal of what you need to know because we saw this coming after the Biden speech but again the reason we're equating these things with modern events one is because it may affect your life and death but the other is because there's spiritual message in all these things that are going on you know the the reason people get sick is because something's gone awry it's not right. It's, uh, it's, isn't, the germ doesn't make you sick, although the germ is mechanical in the process of making you sick. It, the fact is your armor was down and the germ got in you and caused an infection. You cut yourself, certain things get into the wound, the tissue's damaged, there's trauma there, and if you don't clean it out, you could get infected. Uh, and you can do things to try to clean it out, you, you know, but, uh, People used to go into battle uh, naked with sharp things. And the reason why, at least this is what we get from the writers of the time, is that if you got stabbed through your clothing, which was probably not washed, <laughs> it was had all kinds of germs and dirt and particles of skin and bacteria, but you got stabbed through the clothing, it was more likely to get infected. But if you just got a clean stab, then... Uh, uh, you could probably heal from it easier. And then they, they wore armor and, and stuff like that to prevent that. But uh, the, the Greeks often went in pretty naked <laughs> into battle, which might just heighten your senses a little bit. But anyway, one of the things I wanted to point out is when God says, and God called the light day, there's this word light. And I just said Elohim begins with this letter Eleph. And Adonai begins with the letter Eleph. And the word light begins with the letter Eleph in the Hebrew. It's Eleph Vav. And there's already a Vav in Eleph. Two Yads in a Vav and Eleph. And then there's another Vav. And then there's a Rash. And Rash has to do with power and authority. And uh, that's why we have SARS Resh and SARS, uh, which is uh, actually it's Shin Resh and Shin Resh Resh. And those are two different things. There's this the double power, which it, you, if you just wanted to say it was really strong power, you would just add a hey, which would be an emphasis letter. But they add two reshes because you're actually when you have Shin Resh Resh. You have the power that really should belong to somebody else, and now you have it because they've given you the you the power of choice. But every one of us has what the Romans used to call potestas, a certain power. We call them rights, rights and actions, rights to do this, rights to do that. And they can be natural rights, and they can be civil rights subject to the administration of government, depending on other things. But anyway, that's what he says. The day was this light, and he was, and it was good. He called it good, this light. But then he had this other thing 
that he he called uh, night. And he said, uh, darkness, he called night. And evening and the morning were the first day. So anyway, there's a huge message in this. But the word that he's he's talking there that is darkness doesn't have an elephant in it. Doesn't have the relationship of God in it, of God and man. It starts off with hey, shin, and then kuf. And so that's a complete, none of those letters are the same. Again, darkness is the absence of light. It's the absence of God. So anything that cuts God off, anything that cuts light off, the light of God off in you, is not going to be called good. It's going to produce something else, a different cause and effect, like that gimel. And we'll see all that when we're going through the words of Nahum. And I'm, I'm going to really try to open up so you start seeing this, but the reality is, how do you turn on that spirit? You've got spiritual trauma. We've had spiritual trauma since Adam denied that it was his fault that he ate the apple. You know, ate the ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It wasn't an apple. Nothing wrong with apples. But uh, he said that uh, it's not my fault. It's the woman you gave me. This is the big sin. This is really the big sin and it's this, because it's the sin that bars you from coming back and repenting. You think it's somebody else's fault. And you do it by separating other people out away from you. And you do it by judging them. And this is why I say it's so important that you know that God sent Jesus, his son, that the whole world might be saved. If you have the character of God in you, you are coming that the whole world might be saved. Those two doctors, or four to eight doctors, fighting over COVID, not COVID, vaccination, not vaccination. God wants them all saved. I want them all saved. I want to love all of them. Some of them see my love as a threat. Because my love is that light. That's the real love. The love where you want to take somebody else's light. You want to force somebody else. You want to take their resh, their power of choice. That's not light. You're not giving people the power of choice. You're not setting people free. And if you're not setting people free, you will not be free. If you do not lay down your power for the character of God. See, that's the interesting thing. is The world wants you to die for them. You know, the systems of the world. They think you're a hero when you die for them. But he who lays down his life for my sake. God doesn't need you to save him. But you're laying down your life for his purposes. That's what the church is. The church is supposed to be a body established by Jesus Christ for his purposes, according to his doctrines, and, and, and doing on his mission, on, on the mission of Christ. And the, much of the church, you know, when we were, people were saying, we need to write a doctrine for his holy church. I thought, oh, I thought, 
thought Christ did that already. <laughs> to the apostles. <laughs> and to his words, his spoken words. And so I, but anyway, I went around and I thought, okay, so we want some sort of a record of what we really stand for. Because we're not, I'm, we're not a corporate organization of anybody but Christ. If we are a corporate organization, Christ is the, you know, corporation is established by two or more people coming together as if they are one person. That's what a corporation is. And you can be incorporated to the state and the state will make, give you the power of incorporation. But Jesus gave the apostles the power of corporation. That they were no more twain, that they were one body in one accord. And of course every husband and wife that gets married in the name of God, that's the same thing. And they get married so that they can have children. If one of them does not want to have children ever, that's not really a real marriage. Now, of course, they may be past the childbearing age, but then they will take in a child and try to take care of that child. But, you know, our mission is to give life, to be fruitful and multiply. We're back in Genesis again. <laughs> so so that's, a, that's an important thing to understand. But if we don't give, if a woman or a husband and wife don't give life through, by bearing children, they should be giving life to others. Other people's children. I've got two brothers who aren't married. They should be constantly contributing to the raising of their nieces and nephews. They have lots of nieces and nephews. And uh, then they would be a part of the family. But if they don't contribute, they say, well, you just go do your own thing. I'll go do my own thing. Then they cut themselves off from the character of God. And they will not see things. They make themselves a bubble. And we do that all the time. If we do not love our enemy as much as we love those that we think we're allied with, we cut ourselves off from God. And if we cut ourselves off from God, we have traumatized our spirit. That's what Adam and Eve did. They cut themselves off from God. They weren't driven out by a vengeful God. And this is going to be really important when we get into Nahum. They were driven out by the light of the sword of the messenger of God. They refused to receive the message of God. They made a mistake. And they became subject to death. And even to disease. Because they made that mistake. They cut themselves off from he who gives the pattern of life. And that's one of the amazing things about us. Is that if we're made in the image of God. We are to be the conduit of God. His spirit dwelling in us. And Christ gave us all kinds of hints. How to make that possible. They weren't new hints. They were old hints. They'd been around. That's why Christ is always quoting the Old Testament. But people didn't understand. Most of the people. Well I shouldn't say most of the people. There was a lot of people reading the Septuagint. Which was a Greek translation of the Old Testament. And a lot is lost, a lot is lost in translation. So, in uh, Nahum, which we don't have time to get through much of Nahum now, but I think this is all important. And like I said, I sent out a message. I'm going to probably put the audio that I did on the Burning Bush Festival. I had a number of guests that were here. I just said, any volunteers want to come in and we'll say a few words so people hear other voices. 
but everybody wanted to get back to the conversations, and some people are shy in front of a microphone. So we did it so you could hear a few people, and uh, Alicia's husband brought in a couple of kids and interviewed them, and we put that in there. But they're real short. All are just few-minute clips. And uh, then I talk a little bit towards the end about some of the things that we had in our conversation. I, right now, I can't even remember what they were. But the other interview with James, I'll put, probably put on the refuse page, which the refuse page tells you, do you really want to file for a religious exemption? And if you do file for a religious exemption, do you want to include certain vocabulary? Because when you file for a religious exemption, that creates in law what they call an estoppel. You're saying they have the right to decide whether or not you get the shot based upon the fact that you're asking for an exemption because of religious beliefs. And I've had people want to write big complicated things. You don't need this big complicated things. And I haven't done it yet, but I may write a letter that I don't want people sending to the government. I will write it and give it through their congregations or people that I, you know, special, whoever I, the Spirit moves me to give it to, that says that if you get a vaccination, because we see that's where the variants are coming from, we see shedding, we see people being damaged, we see pets getting blood clots after somebody gets a vaccination. What the heck is that? Now, if if the powers of the world were really interested in our health, they would be researching this. You have 14,000 deaths reported on bears from the vaccination. They they believe they went to all the trouble of filling out the bears, uh, you know, documents and submitting them. And there's over, to date, over 14,000, getting close to 15,000 deaths reported on bears. Well, that's not very many. we got millions of people. Except for the fact that bears is 1 to 10% of the actual cases. And anybody who was, and the prediction was from Dr. Suzuki way back at the beginning before the vaccine even came out, that death could be caused, there could be heart problems, uh, heart valve issues, uh, heart attacks, um, hypertension, all these things could come about because of the presence of the spike protein itself and the vaccination all carry, not only the mRNA don't only carry the spike protein, but they get your body to replicate it so that you have lots and lots of spike proteins in your body if if everything goes according to the somebody's plan. He says those spike proteins can cause heart damage, liver damage, blood clotting issues, fertility issues. And, of course, we're getting the same thing from the chief scientific advisors at Pfizer's who's saying that if you ever want to have children, don't take the... And we have all this on the Refuse page and on the vaccine page and on the coronavirus page. We've been following it right along, and we've been telling you, if you're not on the network, you may not have heard this. But what we're going to try to tell you, and we've been trying to tell you, is the solution to what you see, the madness going on in the world, and why you are a part of it. Why you don't have the full armor of God. And Christ was trying to tell you. He was saying, forgive. So if you're going to forgive, it's easy to forgive people that are nice to you and maybe accidentally step on your toe. What about the enemy who's trying to destroy you? Can you forgive them? Or are you just going to condemn them? They're all a bunch of terrible people. No. 
Jesus, Jesus wasn't condemning him. He would go into anybody's house. There was nobody off limits. He came to save the whole world. He wasn't isolating himself from anybody. He's, you know, when he first sent the apostles out, he said, just go to, you know, the other Israelites and to the, to the Jews. They'll go to other people. But when he sent them out the second time, after they had learned a little bit, he said, we'll go out to all nations, to the Gentiles. He's telling them that. And Peter saw that. Some people say, oh, that was all Paul. But Peter was doing it. And uh, preaching to their enemies. Preaching to the people that are tying them up and about to scourge them. He's loving them. And you have to love germs. <laughs> you have to love one anything that blocks the light creates a shadow in your heart. And the demons of the deep will use that to their advantage. Because that's another thing. We may go into that during the Nahum because he, he makes reference to something going on here. But uh, in Nahum... The first thing they talk about is the burden of Nineveh. And they use this word Masa, which is, uh, starts with this M, Shin, and, uh, then there's a, I think it's a Hey on the end. And, uh, Nineveh has more letters, but, uh, and that's often when you, some of the extra letters that you see may be attached to the next word that's an adjacent to it. So you have to look at that. But uh, anyway, this burden is coming upon us. People are being losing their jobs by the thousands. We got hospitals that are that are going to lose half their nursing staff. We got schools. Uh, we don't have any, but the world has schools where half of the teachers will refuse to take the shot and they will be losing their jobs. People will be losing their pensions. And they're being coerced into taking this jab for a disease that has a 99% survival rate. And almost all the new cases are the result of the Delta variant. variant. Uh, And the Delta variant was created by the vaccinated. And now they're coming out with boosters, which... The Japanese studies shows, yeah, we need boosters because it's not working. It went from 95% efficacy to down to 30%. And people are still getting infected. Still, people are still spreading it. They're not getting as big as symptoms, which is what they're actually telling you, that the symptoms may be less. But you may be actually generating more viral content and dispelling it. Of course, people, there are some people out there that think, oh, well, no, you, I can't get a virus from you. I can't get a virus from anybody. Well, you're you're breathing in exosomes from people all the time. You're breathing when you when you play with your dog. You're getting dog exosomes because he's giving off exosomes. It's it's particles. It's droplets coming out. And when I say droplets, these are so they're not like you know like water spots on your car. These are droplets beyond anything you could see even with a microscope. But you're, you're breathing that in when you kiss your girlfriend. You're getting her exosomes, you know. <laughs> and that's okay. Uh, most of the time. Uh, but your, your girlfriend might have some germs. You could get those. 
and they can infect you. Just the same as if I cut you and I put, you know, uh, things that, on the damaged flesh may start, the bacteria will start eating the damaged flesh. You have things in your immune system that can attack it, but I've just traumatized your, your flesh. Your whole body is traumatized. Because you're not one with God. You don't have the full armor of God. Now, yeah, we could just sit around and wait for the full armor of God to come, but that isn't what God gave us. He gave us a world in which we have to care about one another. He gave us a world in which we have to forgive one another. He gave us a world in which we have to love one another. Uh, we're, there is no denominations of the Christian religion because there is only one denominator in the Christian religion. And that's Christ, which is why when everybody wanted us to write a doctrine, we just took all the red letter words in the Bible. If Christ didn't say it, it isn't a doctrine of his church. Now, we'll talk about that. We'll write about that, what we think that means. But that's our opinion of Christ's opinion. And, of course, we know that when we write down these translations, we're involved in the translation the translator's opinion of what those words mean. And you can just go and look. They'll take one word and translate it five, ten, fifteen different ways. So one word that Jesus uses, like I said, the word love itself. When Paul uses it, they translate it charity. When Jesus uses it, they translate it love most of the time. It's the same word. That was their decision. Are they altering something? Is that a problem? Well, if words were the only way we could see the truth, that's a problem. That's a serious problem. But words are not the only way. We don't just communicate with each other and with God through messages. Through The same as your cells don't just communicate through mRNA, exosomes. Exosomes carrying mRNA over here. Why, why did they do that? Why do they have to carry it over to this other cell? The other cell brings it in and reproduces that same mRNA code and send it out again. Because there's billions of cells that need to get the message. One cell can't produce a billion exosomes and send it out to everybody. So they're mutually sharing it. This is what the network is. I don't, I don't, I send out a message to all the email groups. Uh, some messages I may send just to the ministers and they will communicate to those who have sat down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. But then when I send out, I could send this on Facebook and I may put some of the recordings on Facebook, but I will, it, once they find out what I'm saying, <laughs> they will, they, I was off to Facebook jail and I will lose that access. So I'm careful how I do it. But that's why you should all be joining the network. And I've said on Facebook and in many places where, where I communicate with other groups, they should join the network. And they won't, or they won't get these messages. And, and unfortunately, a lot of people are not, they're duplicating false news, fake news. They hear that everybody who's getting sick are the unvaccinated. Fake news, not true. That's not what the actual documents say. Somebody told them that in their ear and they repeat it. Somebody, they heard that on CNN and they repeat it. That's a virus. 
That's toxic information that they are repeating that isn't true. It's a message that they're repeating and, and replicating and it isn't true. So I send out messages like, don't trust CNN. <laughs> that's, that's one exosome. They're saying, don't replicate the messages of CNN because they lie. And now we, we went over some of this in a different, uh, you know, when my, my son, he gets this inside information that's simply not true. That's not, that's not the case. I've seen it with my own eyes. That's not true. And so that's an exosome telling you don't replicate those false messages. Then I have other information that I send out that contradicts it and shows you the other truth so you can decide for yourself. Same thing going on in your body. You're just not a part of the body of Christ and not me getting all the messages. So join us on the network and start getting all the messages that we're sending out. You get to decide what to do with them. But stop putting yourself in a bubble. Till then, peace on your house and may God be with you. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Thank you.